In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by Evie. To support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony to take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns here with you. And all of a sudden, before you know it, the offseason is over. Well, for the Bears. For us too? Yeah, I guess for us too then, right? Well, I should say the the offseason is not over. The offseason program, the OTAs and minicamp that usually we actually learn things from. At least some things uh, not happening this year at all. And Matt Nagy said he's just tired of the Zoom meetings. <laughs> I don't know if he exactly said that. No, he but did that's not. That's what you wanted to hear. I read your piece in NBC Sports yeah, no, Chicago. No. no, he did not say that exactly. I should clarify. But um, no, yeah, I. Well, anyway, welcome in Hogan Johns here with you. Uh, at you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue H O G E at Adam Johns J A H N S. Our producer is Kent Garrison. You can read what I wrote about this at NBCSportsChicago.com. John's stuff is up at The Athletic, where you should be subscribing. TheAthletic.com slash Hogan John's is where you do that. Um, And yeah. Anyway, he did not say that, but I get where he's coming from. I understand this. They've had nine weeks of virtual meetings with no time on the field. They've had, uh, he said, 25 to 30 guest speakers to break up the monotony of the whole thing. I mean, usually how these things work is you have meetings and then you're able to get out on the field to um, even in not full practices, like at least run some things out there. Uh, And then you have OTA practices, you have mini camps. They've had none of that. So after nine weeks, I mean, how far can you really take these, these meetings? Right. And and Matt Nagy says, all right, it's time for these guys to focus on their bodies. And this allows the coaching staff to get ready for training camp. Right. At some point you need some actual 
physical movement to play the game of football. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't a video game. It's not going to be played that way. And you're right. Zoom meetings become... Did you use the word monotonous, or did I just have that in my head? Maybe you said it. Maybe no, I use that, it. but that that was actually a word Matt Nagy used. Okay, so yeah, yeah someone says yes. It gets it feels that way, and I can understand that. Uh, I think some of the guest speakers, which Matt Nagy still won't reveal, some of them were what Peyton Manning has come out and said. Yep. It. Uh, Doc Rivers has come out and said he was part of the Bears Zoom conference calls. Uh, that's all good. You need to hear different voices. You need to hear different words of inspiration and different stories. You like all that. But but eventually, football needs to be played on a field, and you can't do that right now. Right. Um, we'll, we'll bring in some of Matt Nagy. By the way, he, he, we should mention, we talked to Nagy today. Uh, we talked to Eddie Pinheiro today, so we're going to have more from him uh, as well. And uh, a great question from Adam Johns in the uh, Eddie Pinheiro press conference, Zoom call, whatever we call these things now. Uh, Here is a little bit of uh, Matt Nagy explaining his reasoning for why the offseason program is uh, is ending. I talked to the team yesterday and informed them that we're going to be ending our offseason program a week and a half early. Um, We've really had a phenomenal nine weeks of virtual learning. Um, They've been really, really, really good, solid weeks. I'm proud of our guys for, you know, for showing up um, every, every day. It's all voluntary, um, and it's, we've, we've done a lot. I think right now, um, you know, uh, emotionally and just uh, there's been a lot, obviously, in the last week and a half, but on top of that, on the football side, we've done a lot mentally to them, and we just think it's, uh, con- you know, with the attendance that we've had, with the players and coaches being very adaptive, it's been different. But they've they've really responded well to it. So it makes sense to me. I mean, I it, I don't I don't know if honestly at this point if people are going to get upset about this or this is going to be like uh well he doesn't play his players in the preseason type deal. Why are you skipping out on opportunities to learn? I just I, this whole situation is so different that I I don't I don't have any criticism. Yeah, here at I, all. I get some of that. I, I saw some of that on, on on Twitter a little bit after everybody tweeted that Matt Nagy's. Offseason program is ending a week and a half early, but yeah, it's it's football. I it, I, I just there is a point. I don't want to sound like I'm rationalizing Matt Nagy ending this early, but I, I imagine there comes to a point where everything's just sort of installed. There, there's nothing more you can do without actually being physically on the football field with these guys and actually having them go through it physically. There has to be a, a, there. There is definitely a point. At least in my mind, obviously Matt Nagy's mind and his coaching staff's mind, where I don't want to say enough is enough, but you just got to be on the field to 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 continue this this learning process. Yeah, and I think that's I mean that's essentially what he said. Everything's installed. What what else is there to do until we can get out on the field? Um, you know, we we're doing this over Zoom. And just to have a lighthearted moment here for uh, for a moment, there our, our we can see each other as we're doing this. Our producer Kent was replaced by a dog there for a second, and it, and it really threw me off. And the dog is still there. The dog is still <laughs> the dog, there, and the dog the, is now there, still there. Yeah. See, uh, uh, the, that's the Bill Belichick move, by the way. Yeah, just leave the dog there to to make the to run the draft. Things. 
Um, which reminds me, thank you to uh, people who have reached out to me on Twitter. Uh, we lost a very, very small member of this podcast yesterday because uh, from time to time, you've heard a dog barking in the background on the Hogan Johns podcast over the years. Kind of reduced over over the last couple seasons, I'd say, but uh, relatively frequently for a while there. You would hear a dog just randomly bark in the background. That was my dog, Maggie, um, who uh, just seven years old. We had to put her down yesterday with because of uh, stage five lymphoma. Cancer sucks, Ow. but... Um, People have reached out to me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, a lot of different places. So if you're one of those people, thank you so much for that. Uh, I always, just to get on a soapbox here for a second, I always make a point of reaching out to people when their pets die because when it happens, it is the worst thing. Like, But to it's it doesn't like transcend, like a human is obviously a different thing and so many people mourn a human like with the pet it's just in your family and it matters so much to just like a couple people and nobody else so it's a very different type of loss uh and it does you know it stings really hard for a couple days and then you know i think compared to losing a human it doesn't stick around as long but it really really sucks for a couple days and that's what's going on in my family right now so um thank you if you've reached out it does mean a lot i feel for you brother um i will miss the the very rambunctious welcomes i would get from (laughs) maggie at the the hogue household um when we'd be in the old Hogue Studio, and that dog would go absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Even before, like, when, when I would pull up in the driveway, I could hear it. I'm like, oh, don't have to ring the doorbell. You know, Adam's going to have to answer because Maggie's, you know, you know, scratching at his windows. And, and I, for, for, There was a time where I was actually convinced that Maggie was going to go through the, the side windows that you have around your front door there because <laughs> yeah. um, I believe over time it, it was not because I was a threat, but because I was someone she was happy to see. That, that's no, it's true. I'm going to remember it. No, she, she had just had this like anxiousness to her that whenever anybody came to the door, she... You know, I, I think she she was a mutt, so I think she may have had some German shepherd or German shepherd in her a little bit, and so she had this protective thing to her that she had to absolutely bark all the time. But the funny thing is, with the people she knew, and she it would get to the point where she knew what day it was when you were coming, so it like an hour leading up to you showing up, she would get anxious about any little noise she heard, so she would get to the door. But she would know it was you, so she'd be barking like someone was robbing the place, but her tail was <laughs> wagging because she yeah, was actually yes. incredibly excited that you were there. So, yes. uh, you know, dogs all have their quirks, and that was one of them for Maggie. So uh, uh, thank you f- thank you for everybody who's reached out. Yeah, no, I'll miss it. Make sure next time I come to your house, you do the same, minus the tail. Bark really loud and yeah. wag my tail? When- <laughs> you don't have a tail, but, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully someday you will actually be able to come back to the Hoag Studios and we could do this podcast in person again. That would be that would be nice. Anyway, I got a little sidetracked there. Um, let's continue on with uh, some of Nagy's comments about the decision to end the offseason program early. What this is going to do is this is going to give our players and our coaches a chance to really, you know, our, first of all, the, the players can focus on training. It's going to be very important. That's the the one part that's been 
you know, more difficult is we're not all together. So now they get to really um, not worry about meeting so much Monday through Thursday, but they can really focus on their bodies and train and come into training camp really prepared. And then for our coaches, it allows us to really dive into the, the cut-ups and, and preparing to help these, these, these kids out. So like I said, so next week, and then we had three days after that that we are going to be able to have. We've done so much. We feel like we're in a really good place right now. Again, I, I, it makes sense to me. I, there's, at some point, these guys have to be focused on being in shape because there has to be some concern, Johns. That because look, you can you can send out as many emails and instructions on how to take care of your body and the nutrition, but like we've seen the new Hallis Hall, we've seen all these the money spent to provide this team uh, with the resources they need to win. And I, I that's got to be one of the frustrations that's going on with the Bears right now, especially if you're Ryan Pace, because the, the amount of time invested in, and money invested into rebuilding House Hall, they finally got it done for the start of last season, but they didn't have it for the offseason program, at least everything completely done. And now they finally do, and everybody's not there for the offseason. There's got to be some frustration. <laughs> yeah, and when they come back, according to the NFL guidelines, things have to be different too, right? And I'm like, the, the one that stands out to me is like the need for players in the locker room to be six feet apart. So actually, you know, maybe Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy should be very thankful that that new locker room is as big as it is and you have all these empty stalls. And like I don't know if you can find six feet here or there. I know the, the Bears have that extra locker room in the basement. You have this massive facility that the Walter Payton Center is. You have this extra space around House Hall that wasn't there before. So... In a way, they're almost prepared for some of the social distancing that has to still take place uh, moving forward, you know, as set by these NFL guidelines. Yeah, I would have to imagine, John, that they'll have to use the extra uh, locker room before cutdowns. I mean, there's just, I don't think that there's enough space altogether, uh, unless they can utilize like the middle part of the locker room and just add lockers like they they do uh at soldier field in the middle of um in in the preseason when they have more than 53 53 guys plus the practice squad in there so i mean but here's my question about that is it really necessary and i don't mean that to sound insensitive these guys are going to be hitting each other on the football field like we heard Akeem Hicks yeah. talk last week about how he is a guy whose entire game is based on physical contact at the line of scrimmage so if that's happening on the practice field and there's still like it might not be full contact, they're still going to have to come in contact. You can't even you can't practice football without being close to one of an, one another. And if they're being tested, you either have the virus or you don't. So is the spacing in the locker room really making a difference at that point or is it just making things harder? Yeah, or just the a nuisance. Does that sound right? Like, yeah, you're gonna have hands-on contact from your trainers, right? Your 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 doctors and, and like the, the meeting rooms. I guess the like, how do you do the the seating arrangements? I'm I'm gonna pull up the the protocols that that are set here, but I, like I, I know taking the safer than sorry approach is the best way to go with this. I know there's gonna be a lot of testing. 
which is probably the best thing that they can do. I know there will be some mask wearing. Uh, th- that's all great. I'm all for the safer than sorry approach. Uh, but you're right. Just in terms of how we're talking about getting, you know, we're talking about getting back on the field. Like these guys will be close to each other. Like these guys' b- behaviors have to be a, a bit different. Like for the, the high fiving, right? Like the all the stuff that naturally happens when you're amongst your teammates and having fun. Like those types of behaviors. Now you have to be a- a- aware of. Do you not? And eventually, there's an acceptance acceptance of risk. I don't think COVID-19 is going away anytime soon. I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to me. But it just in terms of everything I'm reading, that's the, the way it sounds. And, and yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen, uh, you know, the first time a staff member or a player or a coach comes down with the, the coronavirus. I, there's going to be a lot to get through. And having flexible programs, flexible guidelines to, to keep things going, and it's really going to be – Interesting to see how the NFL and really all the professional leagues handle this. Yeah, and there's still so many unknowns uh, that it's it's hard to know. One thing I do know is it's Soldier Field has extra locker rooms if they need to use them. So I, but again, I just I question. Um, and we've had these conversations in baseball too, like their ideas for reducing the schedule by ch- or reducing travel by changing the schedule so you're you're playing more teams closer to you. I get it to a certain extent, but like you still have to get on an airplane to go to Minnesota. So at that point, is it really a difference between flying one hour and flying three hours? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's the, some of these things are, um, I'm sure there's reasons for everything. Though. I just think it's a fair question. I'd like to know some of that. So uh, anyway, one more on uh, Nagy's decision here to end the off season program early, and then uh, we will move on. Our focus is really on training camp, and whenever that is uh, that we all get in, um, we realize that things are probably going to be a little bit different. We don't necessarily know how, but uh, we want to focus on, like, the scheduling. The scheduling can get, obviously, a lot different, so we just need to prepare and have just different contingency plans for that. But um, the the other part of this, too, is we're going to let the players go and, and we have an action plan as to how we're going to stay in touch with them and just communicate and make sure that, uh, you know, their, their lives are good, they're, they're in good shape, and, and, and they're handling that. But then on the coaching side, we have a plan as well to stick together and once a week get together with Zoom calls and just make sure that we're communicating. I think at some point the coaches will be able to go back to the facility. Um but I, I think it's as simple as this, Johns. They sort of reached the point where productivity was really there with all the virtual meetings. And the focus now has to be maximizing what you can from training camp. And correct me correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the new CBA, there's even less practices in camp. Yeah. So no, that's, I, I, does that I start think this right. year or next year? I believe you're right. I believe it starts this year. We, we should... Uh... Look it up here maybe for, for our next podcast. But you're right. And just in terms of Matt Nagy had a, a, a later quote where you're, where you're, you're almost planning to, to, to refine or, or rediscover snaps that were lost during this yeah. time of OTAs and now even with different rules for, for training camp. Like it's maybe it's limiting to different individual drills and doing more team drills, more seven on seven or, or or more nine on sevens and stuff like that, where there's more players on the field and more action, more can be learned through the the video reviews and whatnot. 
it's going to change. Uh, I, I like, at least Matt Nagy has a history of being inventive, and maybe this is a segue here for our next conversation with the kicking competition and what they learned from that, but like, he's not afraid to think outside the box in certain certain things. Like you saw that practice he had last year where he kind of simulated a game. Um, did it pay off for the Bears in the long run? Maybe not, but like he's willing to try different things and experiment uh, to, to find ways to, to challenge players, to test players, to learn more about what he has uh, with his team. Some things work out like the kicking comp- competition. Some things don't, but at least you don't have coaches who are, who are stuck in your way up at Hallisaw. Matt Nagy will never operate that way. Yeah, no, and I think that that's uh, an important thing. Adapt or die, right, in the NFL. Uh, but along those lines, we need to see proof that he is going to adapt offensively this year and you know tailor some of the stuff to the things that the Bears appeared to do well last year and didn't do enough of, things that can help Mitch if he's playing. Um you know, there's got to be some tweak in there, but we've seen the coaching staff changes, so you know, you know, some things are going to be different. And part of the frustration, I think, with us is, you know, it would have been great to have OTA practices and mini camp to see some of these things on the field, and uh, we're still waiting. And quite frankly, we don't know if we're going to be able to watch training camp practices either. So um, it's going to be. It's going to be an interesting year for this podcast as well as we try to give you as much information on this team as we can. All right, we do need to take a time out to talk about our friends at Manscaped. And if you're bored in the house, bored in the house, bored, why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving Thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. And we're in the season now, Adam, for to, to really make this happen. It's going to be, well, it's summer here in Chicago. It was just 85 degrees. So Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. Well, you're probably looking for new things to do at home. Why not make Manscaping part of your routine? And as you were just mentioning, Johns, uh, you know, you get this per- the perfect package comes when you order this. And in there, you will also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. Perfect for the summer months that you're talking about right now. Everybody needs that, my friend. Everybody. So you need to do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. You can get 20% off and free shipping with code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag. That's a $39 value. And the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. Okay, Adam Johns. Kicker talk. Yes. This brings, remi- this brings me back to last year, my friend. Some memories, right? Memories. A real offseason. A real <laughs> offseason with real practices that had nine kickers on the field. I, I, the- I, st- I still chuckle because th- these were the, the days, Adam, where we're watching this and noting this and, and, you know, like balls were lost into the construction pits, you know, like you got the Bears staff member going through the high 
pushes and getting, you know, poked with the the, the needles and whatnot out there. <laughs> Who knows what he's walking with through in the in the marsh there. Um, I think Eddie Pinero could turn out to be a fine kicker. Um, you could debate the whatever Matt Nagy wanted to do and wanted to see with this kicking type of position. He had no regrets with it. I think you'll hear that you know quite soon. But I think it's good to look back uh, at last year and, and chuckle at what we all saw and covered. Absolutely. Um, technically, there is a competition. Uh, the Bears did sign... Ramiz Ahmed uh, to at least push Eddie Pinheiro a little bit. But this feels a lot different than last year. They'll probably call this competition, but we've seen other... We've been part of training camps where you have... Who was that guy? Andy Phillips? Was that a kicker? From Utah? Yes. I think. Yes. Yes. It's weird when I remember stuff like that. But Lefty. um, He was a lefty, was he not? Yeah, I think. I don't... Yeah. Um... You know, was he pushing Rob? Was Robbie Gold still around when that was happening? I'm not sure, but you know, th- there were years where there was an extra kicker to push Robbie Gold. Everyone knew Robbie Gold was the kicker. Now, I don't know that it's that clear cut and dry. Um, you know, if Eddie Pinheiro did struggle and Ramiz Ahmed had a good preseason, I mean, th- there's a potential that things could change. But they clearly uh, look at looked at Eddie Pinheiro last year as a developmental player, which is why they traded for him in the first place. And he was not part of that original kicking competition. He came in later, ended up winning the job up and down season. I would say there's some promise there for him to get more consistent. Kickers do take some time as they develop. Um, and then as, you know, as they get used to the NFL life and different wins in different stadiums and things like that. Pinheiro talked today about how one week he's kicking at Windy Soldier Field. The next he's inside in Detroit or Minnesota. It is an adjustment. You have to get used to it. So um, here's what Matt Nagy had to say today about uh, whatever kicking competition that exists. We always want competition. Anytime somebody feels like that they just have a spot locked in um, for certain reasons, then I don't know how, how great that is. Obviously, there's some outliers, and you just, guys just know it. But for for a guy like Eddie, I just I, I love the way that he handled last year. Um, you know, it it wasn't easy, and we tried that on purpose with the the kicking challenges and competitions that we had. But he pulled through that, and to us, that's the silver lining. At the same time, let's let's make sure that we we that he understands and we understand that the the more pressure situations the more experiences that he gets, it'll help us and help him down the road. So um, he's the, all these guys are working hard on their own, and, and now they get to really focus in on that with us shortening the meetings a little bit. John's up. Eddie Pinheiro said the Bears challenged him to put on weight to get some more strength. And seven pounds, did he say, that he's added? Eight pounds. I think he went from yeah. 179 to 187. So I'm not a math major like our friend John Fox, but that adds up to eight pounds, I believe, Adam. Good job. Better math than me. Um, I've always kind of wondered what that does. He's already got a relatively strong leg, but... uh, I think the the way I view it, I, I just think of what Robbie Gold used to say all the time in terms of like being available. And like if if he's hurt... Like more often than not, so that costs like you're not going to cut your kicker more. Like like Robbie Gould was never going to be cut. Like when he was the Bears, you know, 
becoming the Bears' best kicker of all time. Like, and with him not being available, that often led to like someone else losing their job. And Robbie Gold, you always used to say he never wanted to to be that guy or to, to have that happen. So. You saw it. Like, Robbie physically changed himself. He took great care of his body. Uh, he took this seriously. He took his training seriously. And I think that's what they want or what they expect from an Eddie Pinheiro. Maybe that's the next step. Maybe that's how he becomes stronger. We'll have to see. Well, Eddie said that he's been working out with Pat O'Donnell. They both live in the uh, Miami area. Uh, you may remember... I think that was on this podcast, losing track of things. We talked to both uh, Eddie Pinheiro and Pat O'Donnell back at the Super Bowl uh, this year in Miami. And uh, it sounds like Drew Rosenhaus, who's their agent, hooked them up with some kind of place to work out too. But they've Bomberitos. been going to a, yeah, Bomberitos. Yeah. And uh, they've been going to a park, which uh, Eddie Pinheiro said is the windiest possible park you can pick. <laughs> So good, you know that shows that shows that they're you know taking things seriously as they should as professionals. Uh, we know what Pat O'Donnell is at this point, but it is nice that those guys live so close to each other that they can do that. Yes, it's it's like the Allen Robinson Mitch Trubisky connection that's still going uh, or continuing up in the Northern Burbs right now. They're around each other. They're going to work out to, together, and there's other teammates joining them as well. Just in terms of concerns, uh, I don't I don't know how you feel, Adam, but kicker's not up there. They're, they're high for, for me right now. It, that could change with a shaky preseason. That could change after a couple of misses during the regular season. But like other there's other roster shortcomings that are more alarming to me. Um, I know they brought in competition for Pinero. I, I, I get all that, whatever they want to say. But this is really his job to lose. I don't see him losing it. I can only see him maybe getting better. If there's a, a surprise drop-off or a significant drop-off, that would be surprising to me. But in terms of like roster concerns, there are other positions to me that are more more alarming for their shortcomings than what Eddie Pinheiro could potentially be in a second full NFL season. Well, I certainly feel more confident about it now than I did last at this time last year, that's for sure. Um, what's funny is this time last year we were – seen things like Augusta silence at these off-season practices. Uh, you asked a question today. Johns, is it is it going to turn out the, that Matt Nagy gets the last laugh <laughs> right. on Augusta silence oh. when there's no fans in the stands this fall and Eddie Pinheiro is kicking to uh, silence? Yes, yes. I, I was So when, <laughs> when Colleen came from the Chicago Tribune and asked him about the, the idea of kicking in silence and like you see almost the light bulb and Eddie Pinero's head go, go off like he didn't say it right then and there I had to come back and follow up with it a few questions later after we figured out what the name of the park was that he was kicking in <laughs> how about that debacle anyway can you please spell it can you spell it <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're having fun we're, we're having fun um, yes how about that look Foresight, come on. Look, Matt Nagy was trying to challenge his kickers in the, the most inventive ways he, he thought possible last year, and having the, the eeriness of the, the silence definitely played mental games with these guys. But that's going to be a, a reality, a potential reality for a, a lot of these athletes, not only the NFL, but for, for the NBA, for the NHL, to be playing in front of empty stadiums, which, God, just the... the like ever walk into an empty stadium and how vast it feels and how quiet it is like that's going to be their the, the new norm in a sense for for these athletes these professional athletes 
Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be odd. I wonder. Um, I think like everyone else, I wonder if there really are, is. Are there gonna be fans in the stands? I just it's just too soon soon to know. I do know walking outside sometimes right now and driving by places. It seems like a lot of people have just returned to life as normal. I find it notable that uh, sports leagues with so much money that's riding on tickets and things like that are not acting the same way, you know, as some of some of these other, I I don't want to say the, the businesses because that's not fair to them because they need to make money, but just, I don't know. Like you drive by a patio right now and it's full of people and it's, it's just very interesting to me. And I think that uh, what's going to change here in the next couple months, does it get better? Does it get worse? It's going to determine a lot, obviously. Well, more people, more risk, and there should be a sense of accountability amongst these sports leagues because packing in tens of thousands of fans into one place where there is no social distancing, where you're literally two inches apart from people in these stands, and you know that's all sides, right? Like you're surrounded by fans. There's there's drinking, there's coughing, there's going to the bathroom and not washing your hands. The, all these things are commonplace at at sporting events. It's just common sense. And you like to see the sense of accountability that these leagues are showing just in terms of how, how they're debating the right way to go about reopening their sports. And we all know sports is going to come back. It's probably been slower than, than we all wanted. Uh, I understand the concerns there, but... The again, the safer than sorry approach to this. It's it's being practiced by these leagues, and it should be. Yeah. So, um, even by the time the Bears get back to training camp, uh, hopefully get back to to training camp, I, I it, it, are things going to be open to the point where they can do that? So we know the practices against the Broncos are not happening. That makes uh, that makes sense, but. Uh, uh, Along the lines of what we talked about earlier, though, theoretically, at this point, the game's still happening. So they're still going to go to Denver. I mean, as of right now, I don't know if that's really going to happen, but they decide to cancel joint practices. Well, they're still flying to Denver to play a game, though, against those players. I, so some of this is uh, it's just interesting, but I think it's it's an unprecedented situation, obviously, that a lot of people are, are working through. So, yes. Anything else that we should get to today? No, no. We'll have more later this week. Uh, who else do we have on the the game plan? We have Roquan Smith. He'll be talking over Zoom. Tariq Cohen. Who else am I missing here? Eddie Jackson. There's another Eddie notable Jackson. player who will be mm-hmm. uh, meeting the Chicago media over Zoom. So be sure to check back with us on, on Thursday. Uh, hopefully the quarterbacks at some point really don't know, to be honest, because uh, now we are supposed to have availability next week and the offseason program is ending. Players are going off for their summer break. So I don't know uh, what's going to happen there, but there are more players this week. We will have another podcast for you Thursday. And, um, you know, quite frankly, we've been going week to week by this with this whole thing. And that's why all of a sudden when Matt Nagy said today, hey, the offseason program's over, I'm like, What? When? Like, <laughs> what? When did that start? Even start? Um, but you know, they've been doing this for nine weeks, and so have we. And we're happy you're li- you're listening to this. 
getting through this uh, as we are, and uh, it's been a weird off season. It's been a weird year for a lot of people. Um, but it's all, quite frankly an awful year for a lot of people, and we hope everybody's doing well. We thank you for taking the time twice a week to listen to this podcast, and we're going to keep doing it for you. So we appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Johns is at The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Uh, you need to subscribe. Thank you for being a subscriber. You go there, free trial, sign up, support journalism, support this podcast. We appreciate you doing that. And we will talk to you later in the week. Be well, everyone. Adam Johns, go ahead.